Welcome to a special episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. Today's guest is Seattle Mariners pitcher Marco Gonzalez, the first ever active pro athlete to be on the show. Marco had a breakout season last year and has had quite the career since being drafted less than six years ago. He had some great insights into his career, and I think you'll be interested to hear his outlook on the M's going forward. Thanks for listening, and be sure to rate and review after the show. Thank you so much, Marco, for coming on. How's your off-season been so far? Oh, it's been great. Um, you know, my wife and I had the, had the opportunity to travel a little bit. Um, we've had some, some much-needed downtime, and uh, but you know, as we inch closer uh, to the new year, you know, we, that time of year starts to come around again, and um, once you know it, we're turning our eyes towards 2019 now, and um, we're fully ready to get going here. Is there like a constant baseball, baseball, baseball voice in your head, or is it you shut it off and then all of a sudden it's time to think about baseball again? Um, I would say that there's a little bit of a switch. Um, I, I, you know, beginning of the off season, we get a chance to kind of relax, um, get away from it, see some family, and kind of reset a little bit. And then about um, November, or so that it kind of starts to come back, and, and there's a kind of a clock, you know, in the back of our, in the back of my mind, um, kind of going off as far as. Uh, you know, spring training's right around the corner, and, you know, I know what I need to be doing to get get prepared. So you've had uh, a lot of accomplishments so far in your pro career. You were drafted 19th overall. You pitched in a playoff series, break out your last year, nice new contract. But does anything compare uh, to going four for four in starts in state championship games in Colorado? <laughs> um, man, I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard, hard to say, and it, it feels like it was so long ago, too. It's just... Um, so much time has passed, but you know, I, I'm, I was fortunate to get the opportunity to start. I think that really gave me a lot of confidence going forward in my career. Um, really just kind of helped me prepare for big games and it allowed me to kind of see, you know, that those big, you know, big stress moments, you know, to prepare and, and to go through that as a, as a young kid. Um, didn't realize how young I was going through that, but it, <laughs> it helped me to, to really, it helped me, you know, to prepare to, you know, for bigger games down, down the road here. So after Colorado, you go to Gonzaga. Uh, did the ball travel a little bit different for you in Spokane than Fort Collins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I noticed that, you know, even throwing a baseball, I mean, um, just the spin that you can get on, on the ball. Um, you know, I finally had a curveball. I had never, I'd never been able to throw a curveball in my life until I got to college. And all of a sudden, the ball spinning out of my hand and um, had nasty movement all of a sudden. I was like, where has this been all my life? Um, but, you know, being able to play in a different environment, playing in, in the Northwest, um, obviously I had no idea I'd be sticking, sticking around for a little bit, um, in Seattle afterwards, but yeah, just, just incredibly, incredibly thankful for that time too. It was a different environment to play in. How many hoof fests did you make it to in Spokane? Uh, actually none because they're in the summer. Oh. So I was, I was, off, I was off playing summer ball and, and, and doing my thing and, um, but I, I was always catching up with, with people who went, um, I know my wife went to a couple of them and. Uh, it sounded like they were great times, so it was a blast. I'm 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 bummed I missed out, but you know, there's always down the road. You know, I might I might slip on some basketball shoes down the road and and uh, and, and get in some games down the road. Who knows? Yeah, I can't rule it out. So you get drafted June 6, 2013, and then a little bit over a year later, you are making your first Major League Baseball start, uh, getting called up from Double Double A. Did you even think that that call was a possibility, given that you were only in Double A at the time? 
No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I got called into the office uh, by my manager at the time, and uh, and he's actually the the head coach of the Cardinals now, uh, Mike Schilt. He was my double A oh, manager wow. at the time, and he called he called me in and he said, you know, there's there's some injuries going on, um, there's some movement that's going to happen, and you're going to go up. And I was like, oh wow, that's you know amazing, Triple A, it's going to be great. Said no, 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 no. You're going to Denver. You're gonna you're gonna pitch against the Rockies. And I was like, holy, <laughs> just cuss word after cuss word. I was like, you kidding me? Like this is this is ridiculous. I was I could not even imagine that that was gonna be the move. But um, but somehow I found my way to Denver, and all of a sudden I'm pitching in front of my my hometown, um, you know, family, everyone that you know I've ever known. Uh, pretty much came to that game, and uh, it's something that I'll never forget. So not only are you making your first Major League Baseball start, but you're also dealing with your first uh, hometown ticket problem huh, right off the bat. How crazy was that? Uh, it was about as crazy um, as you could expect. Um, I've definitely spent a pretty penny on tickets that day, and uh, and I, I don't think I've matched that total since then. But it was it was completely worth it. I mean, everyone that's that supported me and and you know coaches, uh, former teammates, you know, countless family members, friends. Um, college friends, uh, everyone just flew out and, and made their way. And I felt that that was my time to kind of pay it back and, you know, help, help people to, to be able to come and, and, and show their support. And I just remember, you know, walking out, um, to the bullpen to get ready to start the game. And, uh, I look around and there's like 150 people already in the stadium, you know, rocking Gonzaga gear, Rocky Mountain High School <laughs> gear, um, Cardinals. I mean, I think there was more of those fans there that day than there were Rocky fans. So that was kind of, yeah. that was pretty neat. So given all that, you see all that, and I mean, this is a day you've been dreaming about since, what, you're six years old, seven years old? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so how, the first, first time I ever picked up baseball, yeah. Right. How do you treat that like just another start? Because, I mean, you kind of have to, otherwise you run the risk of getting shelled. I mean, <laughs> you said it yourself. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I was able to, and I did end up getting shelled a little bit. So I think it's just, it's just hard. You know, the, the people who have, you know, that storybook um, debut of where they, you know, get a walk-off hit or they, you know, throw a shutout or something like that. Those are so rare, and it's so oftentimes you see guys that just, they're just, I, I was overwhelmed. You know, I, I was I was overwhelmed in, in trying to control my emotions in a moment that's just uncontrollable. So, um, for me, you know, to be able to, um, you know, get out there, throw a couple innings, um, feel good. You know, we ended up winning the game. Um, I think I gave it four or five runs, but you know, at bottom line, I was I was excited and and I exited the game healthy. Uh, it was a successful first day, and uh, and with my family there to watch too, it was just one of those things where I wasn't trying to control my emotions. I wasn't trying to, you know, um, perform you know perfectly. I was just trying to go out there and have fun. So um, I, I was I thought that I handled it um, as best I could, although I was really emotional. You left out one key part of that first start, which is that you doubled in your first at bat, though. So uh, was that just pure adrenaline that fueled that, or what happened? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, I was just up there hacking. I was I was ready to just barrel up whatever I could. Um, truthfully, I was trying to get under something to try to see if I could take it take take it deep. Who knows? I mean, I, I just I wasn't gonna waste a swing. I wasn't gonna go right. up there <laughs> and 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 take any pitches. I was gonna go get my money's worth. So. Um, I think I got to like O two, and he ended up like leaving a slider over the middle, and I just ha- happened to it happened to run into my barrel basically, and uh, I don't even know <laughs> if I touched first base, but I'm I'm standing at second base, and uh, and Tulawitsky has the ball and he's throwing it in because it's my first hit, 
And of course, growing up in Colorado, you know, Tulo was a guy that I, I grew up watching and, uh, and he flips the ball in and he just kind of smiles at me and, and just goes, Hey, this game, this game's easy, isn't it? And I was like, damn, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I don't even know wow. what to do right now. And, and, and this guy, this guy's talking to me and I, I'm trying to not get picked off at second base and, and trying not to stumble around the bases too. So it was hard, hard to keep your, you know, your emotions in check at that, at a moment like that. That is the true definition of an emotional roller coaster, man. That's a, that's a lot to deal with in uh, in one start. Uh, so in 2013, the year you get drafted, there's 118 complete games that year from starters, whereas last season uh, there's nearly a third of that, and there's 42. So how have you seen the role of the starting pitcher change in baseball since since you got drafted? Um, I, I mean, it's changed drastically, honestly, and and it's. It's sad to a point because we've lost that old school feel of, you know, your starter's going out there and going to throw nine when he's out there. You know, we've, we've lost that, that I don't know if it's grit or if it's just the way that we view pitchers nowadays, but the, the game has turned into a bullpen game. And the most, you know, the, the most live arms are the ones that are in the sixth, seventh, eighth innings. And teams will do everything they can to get those guys out there. So fortunately, but unfortunately, that's kind of how the game has turned. Um, and for a guy like me, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get as deep as I can into a game, but I also have to understand that some of our best pitchers are coming in right after me. So getting getting our, us in a, in a chance to win um, and, and giving the ball over um, is something that we've had to adjust to. But I think it can be good for the game, too. So we'll see how it goes. When was the first time you heard the term uh, spin rate? Uh, it's been probably two to three years. Um, and truthfully, I'm not a big numbers guy. I've never really been an analytics, um, never really studied analytics, just because I grew up watching and understanding the way the game was supposed to be played. And I grew up practicing and playing without those numbers. And so for me, it's tough to be out there thinking about anything like that when you're trying to compete and get out a guy like Mike Trout. You're not trying to think about, oh, what what are my spin rate numbers right now? Or how am I doing this? What's this looking like? You know, it's pure adrenaline and competition. So I'm I'm not much of a numbers guy. I know I know there's some some benefit to it, but uh, not not too not too smart on that range. <laughs> uh, how does your dad feel about it? Longtime baseball coach, former player himself. Yeah, I mean he's definitely an old school baseball mind. Um, but you know he's dealing with a lot of these new organizations. He's with the Rockies now, and he's dealing with a lot of these teams that they take a lot of pride in that, and they you know, project players, they they rate players based on a lot of these numbers. So he has to be knowledgeable about it. I think if he had it his way, he would be more old school, but he's had to adjust as well, as well as we all have. Sure. So jumping ahead a couple of years, just jumping ahead through some some big stuff here. You make a, a playoff appearance, you have a Tommy John surgery, uh, some, some big events. But after that, you get word that you are going back to Washington. You've been traded to Seattle. What was your first thought when you're coming coming back to the Northwest? from St. Louis? Oh, I was in shock. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I sat there. Um, I got a call at about 10 a.m. We had bust overnight the night before um, from Oklahoma City back to Memphis, Tennessee. And so I had actually gone back and gone to bed. So I was dead asleep. I get a call at 10 a.m. And uh, it's the GM of the Cardinals. And he says, you know, thank you for your time. Thank you for you know, everything you've done, the work you put in with the organization. But we decided to trade you. And right then, my heart just kind of just kind of dropped, and I'm I'm waiting to hear who he says I'm traded to. And the second he starts to say Seattle, I just felt my heart explode and kind of jump up into my throat. And 
I was doing my best to not, you know, jump up and celebrate because I was so excited. But, you know, I, I tried to remain as classy as I could and just say thank you, you know, appreciate it. Um, but hell yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so, so thankful for the opportunity. Um, but I was just overjoyed. And obviously, um, you know, my wife is from here. Um, we have our, our family and friends, um, you know, a lot of people from Gonzaga around here. And we've been living here in the off season. So for us to be told that this is where we're going to be um, and we're going to have an opportunity to pitch, uh, it, it just couldn't have worked out better. Couldn't have written it better myself. Sure. 2018 last year was a huge year for you professionally. Uh, took a big step forward. Statistically, you got healthy. What are your top three reasons for your increased success last year? Um, I think probably the top reason that I could that I could think of is uh, mentality. I think I learned a lot about myself as a pitcher, um, how I prepare, and kind of the things that my mind goes through when I'm out on the mound. And I learned how to kind of control and direct those thoughts. So. Um, for me, just having healthy thoughts, um, a healthy game plan, and being prepared, honestly, I think um, it really came down to the mental game for me. And physically, I, I feel really healthy overall, but baseball is such a mental sport, and I, and I really made a big jump last year, and I think that was, was a big part of it. So last year, you added a cutter into the repertoire um, quite successfully. How much work goes into adding a pitch before you can even feel comfortable throwing it once in a game? Well, the cutter had been something that I had um, started throwing my junior year of college, and it was something my pitching coach there at Gonzaga mentioned that, you know, this would help me. You know, I didn't have a good curveball at the time, and I was always a big changeup guy. So the cutter was something that moved the other way from my changeup, and I could throw it hard, um, and, and it would give me that extra dynamic that I needed to get more guys out. And so I was truthfully working on it kind of unsuccessfully for the past couple years, and it wasn't until... I was completely healthy that I got a chance to really throw it the way I wanted to. So um, it really wasn't until last year that I really felt like it was 100%. And, um, you know, throwing the game was the only way that you can really practice that, you know, and in, in getting used to it and failing a lot with it, I think, was a big part of it, too. You can't be afraid to try something, and, and maybe it doesn't work out. But, you know, sticking with it and sticking with the process of kind of working on it, um, I, I would say it was a huge factor in making it a lot better last year. So last year with the M's is kind of, at least from a fan's perspective, it kind of feels like three seasons. There's the there's the beginning of it when things are looking amazing up until July. Uh, and then, you know, July is just kind of this, it felt like almost like an avalanche as an M's fan as, you know, you, you're eight games up. And then at the end of July, you're now in August, you're looking up at Oakland in the standings. How tough was that for all of you in the clubhouse to go from those great vibes, things are looking awesome in July, uh, to not so great vibes <laughs> very quickly? Yeah, it's tough. Um, as a competitor, you know, you, uh, you want, you want to have that drive. You want everybody to be, to be motivated and, and, and driven and, and just, you know, going all out the entire season. And I feel like we lost a little bit of fire. And I think Oakland's success and their, their kind of rise, mm-hmm. they, I think kind of just dwindled us. I think they really, they caught us and we see their momentum. And I think that we kind of just took that to heart. Um, and I think, Maybe none of us really admitted it, but inside, I think that kind of took the wind out of our sails a little bit. So um, for us to come back from something like that, I think would have taken a miracle. Um, but, you know, maybe we just didn't have the right crew. So, um, you know, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to going forward is just, you know, having those those young guys that are hungry, that are that are prepared to, to kind of give, give all they have the, the entire year. Yeah, so that leads perfectly into what I was going to ask, which is, you know, after last season, everyone – 
probably expected some of the roster to change as always after a season, but uh, you know, the reimagination happens, the, the kind of the, the shifting plates happen for this, for this year, much different looking roster now than it was at the end of last season. What did this off season tell you about the direction of the Seattle Mariners going forward? Well, it tells me that it tells me a couple things. Um, first and foremost, I think it tells us that they really value the character of the players that they have on this team. They really want, the character, um, the leadership, they want that to be first and foremost the driving force of where this team goes. And um, I feel really confident in the guys that we have returning, you know, and, and I'll miss, we'll miss um, a lot of guys that we, that we, that we gave away, um, you know, Paxson and Zanino, guys like that, that really, really um, were high character guys. Um, we'll miss for sure. Um, there's big holes to be filled, but I think, um, you know, just, Overall, it's going to show us that uh, it's going to, we're going to see what we're made of this year. And I think, um, you know, whether we have some young guys that are just hungry and ready to get after it and maybe some guys that are coming off a, an average year to, to turn things around, um, I think we have a chance to surprise some people in that aspect. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's a good thing for our program. And I think I've, I've told a couple people this is that this could be the defining year for, for what this team is truly going to be, you know, this, this hasn't happened yet um, for, for the Mariners. We haven't had a complete, you know, rebuild like we've had. And, um, you know, this, this could be the chance to, to start something new here. So um, I think everyone coming back that's going to be a part of it is, is really excited about that. So a month from now, you'll be down in Peoria to, to, for when pitchers and catchers report. Uh, how weird is it going to be to not throw to Mike Zanino there? It'll be it'll be weird. Um, you know, it, it, Mike is one of those guys that just brings everyone together. Um, he was so good with our pitching staff. Um, you know, so good at at, at pitch framing. Um, he was just a workhorse. He was dedicated. Um, he's he's a younger guy, so he's he's ener- energetic. Um, so I'll, I'll miss that a lot. Uh, but that being said, you know, we have an opportunity to for someone else to step up into that role. So I'm excited to see who the prospects are that are going to be filling that role. Um, and I hope that, you know, we can start a good relationship with everyone and, and kind of, you know, handle things the way that we need to handle them and uh, and work together and kind of grow this thing uh, from the ground up. I heard you yesterday talk about, or a couple of days ago, talk to uh, MLB.com about how trying to work on some strength and durability uh, for next year. But given the work you put in, the progress you showed last season, what are your personal goals uh, for, for this upcoming season? Uh, first and foremost, to be healthy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to help anyone while if I'm on the bench or, you know, in, in a training room. So um, I, I'm going to be proactive about my health and, and always put that first and foremost. So um, I, I think my, my, my second goal would be um, to develop a routine uh, that works for me every single day and stick to it. And, um, you know, with a good routine, good preparation, um, healthy eating, you know, staying, um, staying on top of, you know, my life out, out, off the field. Um, I think that the results will come. You know, um, if you put your focus on your routine, your preparation, um, yeah, everything, everything good will come after that. A couple quick questions before we get out of here. One of my favorite things was uh, after M's win, so I'm on the East Coast, so I don't usually see the end of, of Mariner games, uh, but I wake up in the morning and, and look at the box score and then check Instagram, see the you know nice little Mariners uh, Instagram where I would see a lot of the times you or Wade LeBlanc commenting with the hashtag sports, something along those lines. Uh, how did those start, and will we see more of that this year? <laughs> oh, that's that's all Wade right there. Wade is uh, <laughs> Wade is such a clown. He, he's, he's such a such a great dude to have around the team, just because he makes everything so much lighter. 
Um, he, he's so competitive and so um, kind of he's kind of an instigator. Um, he, he loves <laughs> to stir the pot. He loves he loves to debate. He loves to argue. He's always engaged. Um, but he's just so good for the clubhouse in that sense because he keeps guys involved. You know, he keeps everyone kind of rallying around each other, and I think that's really healthy. So, um, you know, me and him, we just have such a healthy competition that um, I, I don't think there's a, a day goes by where we don't, you know, try to beat each other in something or we give each other a bunch of crap or something else. Um, if I don't respond to his one of his comments on Instagram, and he'll shoot me a text within like 30 minutes asking why I'm why I'm ignoring him, like. <laughs> he, he's just a little kid inside, and uh, and I love yeah. that. So I, I hope uh, I hope to see a lot more of that. I told him we need to have like a pregame show, me and him, uh, just just pregame in the game, and uh, and then we'll have the festivities start after that. But he's always entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, pitch it to Root. I'm sure they would love the uh, love the content there um, <laughs> before before the games. Last last question: What's your favorite Ichiro story since you got to got to Seattle? Or since he got to Seattle, I guess. Um, favorite intro story. I, I would have to say, um, he has a handshake with everyone, um, on the team. So that, that's probably one of my favorite things about him is the way that he's connected with everyone. And he wasn't even playing. And, you know, he was putting in the work. He was taking VP. He was doing all the pregame stuff that you would normally do. And then come game time, he couldn't be in the dugout. So he would run through and give everyone a handshake. Um, it, it, each individual guy, he would know him you know, forwards and backwards. And uh, and that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's just the way that he still was devoted to the younger guys on the team, everyone, and, and including everyone in that. So that's probably one of my favorite things about him. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, what he what he does for us this year. I, I can't I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and likewise from me to, to all of you, uh, thank you so much, Marco, for doing this. Best of luck to you all, to you this season, I hope. Uh, the health for sure, and then uh, for some fun, fun, uh, fun summer ahead for them. Wins and losses, we'll see. But uh, I like the direction of things, and and I think uh, you confirmed that. So thanks again, Marco. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. A huge thank you to Marco Gonzalez for coming on the show. He was a really, really good interview. I can't wait to see what he and the rest of the New Look Mariners have in store in 2019. Thank you all for listening. Peace.